This is Digitized Transmission Radio. Hello and welcome to Digitized Transmission Radio. We've tailored this show to only be the interview portion of the episode. If you do wish to listen to the full show, please head over to mixcloud.com forward slash digitizemcr. Right, we're going to jump into an interview, first of all, with Quack Tactics. He came around uh, and we had a good chat um, over a beer. This was at the start of September. I think it was quite a hot day as well, but there we go. So, yeah, enjoy. We're going to reminisce about Digitize. Um, I speak to him about his DJing journey, um, a couple of other little bits. Um, enjoy. Hello, Dom. How are you? Good to see you. Yeah, very well. Welcome very well, thank you. to the humble abode, which you've been to many times. It's exciting, isn't it? I know. We're, starting, the first a po- one. we're starting a podcast. The next evolution. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Dave runs Digitize With Me, founded Digitize With Me. It is a group effort. I think if it was me on my own, I'd be a crying mess every single event. And yes, Dave and various people rescue me and stop me making ridiculously silly decisions. We rein you in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would have lost your mind if it was just you. Yeah. I'm sure. I, I think I would. I don't know how any solo promoter does it. There's just a lot that goes into it. And I think a lot of people get into it and don't really realize how yeah. stressful it's going to be, even if you're putting on events infrequently as well. Yeah, anyone who does a regular event, I have no idea how they do it. So if we look at the wall over there, there's a couple of posters. There's a couple missing, but which one fills you with the most pride? I'd say probably the second one with Wobble. I think probably for a selfish reason being that it was the first one that I played at. Yeah. yeah it's the first time I performed as Quack Tactics. Yeah, and yeah. I'd always been a massive fan of Joe. Uh, so it was good to play alongside Wobble. Um, warm up for him and yeah, yeah it, was, it was great fun we were still learning still trying to figure out exactly what was going to work what doesn't work how to put it on how much effort we want to put in in terms of lighting and yeah how much we need to do how much we can get the venues to do um so i think that one was probably one of my favorites just because as soon as my set finished i was just yeah the, the euphoria very happy and it went well it did go well. No technical issues. It was so. Park Life weekend, wasn't it? And I remember being a little bit nervous whether running an event Park Life weekend is a good move or a bad move. But definitely a good move. Definitely a good move. For the second one, it was busy. It was. It was. I think Father Funk might have been our busiest. Or maybe Freestylers. Possibly, yeah. Freestylers, that was an odd one. It was weird in the end, wasn't it? Really weird. I think it was the venue more than anything. Yeah, no disrespect, but yeah, the the very very angry sound. Well, security lady measuring sound with a phone speaker in front of a big stack of speakers. Was yeah, leaning over the studio monitors and telling me it was a bit loud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've still got a picture from when freestylers were playing when she was telling me to turn it down. And on the master channel, there's just one bar of signal <laughs> coming through. And I'm like, it, it doesn't go down any further. And she's like, it has to go down. Yeah. Well, the, the venue brought in that big stack of speakers as well, which you could stand in front and have a conversation by the end of it. Yeah. Big up collision sound system. That was, I mean, obviously I loved it because it's orange, but 
It what, looks beautiful. Yeah. yeah. When we did have it turned up, it did sound pretty, pretty good. But yeah, I'd and, love to do something with them. Yeah. And uh, one of the other founding fathers of Digitize had their sound system at his wedding. Yes. We, um, for those of you who don't, who don't know, big, big plug to the, the collision lads. In fact, I'll let you tell them about the barrels. Yeah, so imagine, I guess it was big, big rum or whiskey barrels just filled with the dirtiest, loudest speakers you've heard. They, they make great speakers. They're great fun. They party hard. Yeah, good lads. And you just made me think of something there. I think that might have been our first official back-to-back. I think it probably was at the wedding, yeah. Is that, are we going to say Chris's wedding was the birth of digitized sound system? I think, I think we can do, yeah. That was a fun one. That was a, a wide range of uh, <laughs> people and ages. <laughs> Got Chris's mum dancing, so. Yeah, Chris's dad asking for Underworld, um, just as I started playing drum and bass. I, I don't normally <laughs> take requests, but that's one I would have got behind. I reckon that would have gone off, for sure. So, obviously, we're here chatting, reminiscing. I guess for me, I, I always want digitized to be a thing. We've put so much hard work into it. But what, what do you want the future of it to be? I think we're on a hiatus at the moment is the way I'm thinking of it. Do you want to talk people through the hiatus? Yeah, so there's, there's four of us, really, that, that run digitize, And we all contribute in different ways. We've all got different pros and cons in terms of our skills. Everybody is getting a bit older. Things are changing, lives are progressing, people are moving away from Manchester, like yourself, Dom. Not too far, but Hodmerden's about, about an hour. An hour's drive, 25 minutes on a good train. And I think we just got to the point where we've just been struggling a little bit to, to get the numbers. Yeah. And then that leads to less money in the pot to book the acts that we would like. Obviously, we've got a huge list of acts that we would love to have but yeah. it's it's how do we afford them and what's our risk appetite so we decided that we're kind of all in different positions at the moment the stress was kind of getting to us we were just going to take a break yeah. we're going to regroup have a little think about kind of how we progress this whether we continue with digitize as it is kind of focus on similar acts whether we maybe try and pivot to tailor to what what people essentially want in Manchester. Um, I think we will always stick to kind of our original ethos and the reason why we started it, which was bringing breaks to Manchester. And yeah. not just breaks, but the, the kind of breaks that we want. So breaks that have kind of that, that funkiness, they're a bit silly, they're lighthearted. People don't take themselves too seriously when they're listening to it. Um, I think we'll always have that, but... I just think the, the, the want for that kind of music, especially in Manchester, is just not there. I don't think it's been there since we started, really. And we, we thought that we had a good thing and we were unique and it would bring people in, but it's, it's not quite evolved as, as well as we would have hoped. I think Manchester's music has changed pre and post COVID. I think COVID, it, it was basically starting again, but then... You know, I, I speak to various people and they just said like our Zoom lockdown parties genuinely 
gave them something at that time when it was really difficult. But I think, I don't know, just coming out of COVID, everything's so deep, so minimal. I don't know. I, I just don't resonate with it. Like, I, I haven't been out raving this year, I don't think, unless it's our own event. Just because I'm struggling to find the music that connects me. I agree. I agree. Although I think I enjoy some of that music probably a little bit more than you. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. I, I remember, I think it was a year or so ago, it was an event and I was in the, I was outside, I was having a chat with someone about, about our event and bringing breaks to Manchester. And they said, well, there is loads of breaks in Manchester. And there's not dedicated breaks nights, but there is breaks, but it's very much that dark, minimal, almost sort of progressive breaks that mixes very well with two-step and garage, which the students go crazy for, but that's, that's not what we refer to as breaks, really. Yeah. We want that funkier side, um, kind of, yeah, guessing back to, I mean, Ghetto Funk was one of the kind of the first conversations we had about kind of what do we want up here and what's going to be kind of one of our focuses because I'm from Cornwall. I kind of grew up with that. We've got Scout Records down there. so Hong Kong Ping Pong Club. Yeah. Um, not a lot of people in Bristol, uh, a lot of people in London. And the, the scene's a lot bigger down there. A lot definitely bigger. Definitely is. It's definitely dying off, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. But there are still people pushing that kind of fun and bouncy sound, which you don't get when it's minimal. Yeah, I think just a, a really accessible sound. And I think that's really important. And I think that is what we are as a night. We, we are accessible. It's, yeah. And it, I don't know, I just find it a bit of a shame that that seems to be the way that it's going. I think these things will come around again. I think so. Breaks has always been, it's always been there. Obviously, yeah. a lot of genres came from breaks, have influences from breaks. But it is one of those genres that's never really peaked. Yeah. Um, and it's especially now, obviously, drum and bass is going to be king in Manchester for... I mean, drum and bass is foreseeable. just going to be king everywhere. It's ridiculous. Yeah, jump pops back. It never went away. It never <laughs> well, went it's, away. It's even bigger. We, we will get on to jump up later because there, there's going to be a regular segment that I will ask every guest. And it is around jump up, but we'll get to that. So I think we've waffled about digitised nearly long enough, but who would be the dream headliner at this stage? I would probably say Dickie Buds. Obviously not, Ooh, nice. not, not in this country. Probably will never come over here for something like us, but he's been and played Shindig. He has. So, um, I, I won't lie to you. When I emailed Boxplot, I also emailed Sticky Bud. <laughs> Boxplot did reply and got booked, but Sticky Buds didn't. So by any chance, Sticky Buds, if you are listening to this podcast, which obviously you will be, get in touch. We'd love to book you. Let's make it happen. Who knows? Put it out to the universe. Yeah. In fact, there's one more person that I want to talk to you about. Because you, you were so up for booking this person. And I was... I know you're going to say. So hesitant. So <laughs> hesitant. And oh my God, the way he has blown up. And that is Badger. Yeah. And from what I've seen, not of Badger particularly, but... There's another American guy called Wookie, 
Yeah. And apparently the, the path to success now is just do a banging Venger Boys remix and off you go. So maybe we Works should do a digitized sound system Venger Boys remix. What, what tune would you remix? I mean, I can't say I'm a massive fan, to be honest, <laughs> but I um, guess it's got to be the Venger Bus, isn't it? Yeah, probably. It is coming. A, I, not a massive fan. I know you saw them recently. I mean, I, I did see them recently, and I have to say, that is one of the best live acts I have seen in an awful long time. It was incredible. Thank you very much to Declan, um, who put me on the guest list for that. Um, but yeah, that was, it was insanely good. I cannot believe how good it was. I've seen videos. It, it looks fun. <laughs> Just because everybody is there because of those couple of songs. They all know the words and they don't take themselves seriously, which I guess is kind of what we want from our crowd. We want from the music, yeah. we want from the people that are, are playing at our events. Um, it's that kind of atmosphere that we, we've tried to cultivate. Maybe that's what we should aim for in the future. The Venga Boys. Just book the Venga Boys. The curveball, isn't it? Yeah. Someone told me how much they were quoted for uh, booking them. And I, I probably shouldn't reveal it here, but I will tell you once we've turned the recording off. I reckon that the cost of their ride is probably more than <laughs> our, most of our budgets put together. Yeah, they do wear some magnificent outfits, don't they? Yeah. Can we uh, just rewind it back to Badger, though? Yes. Can I say I told you so? You can absolutely tell me. Yes, you did tell me. And we should have booked him. We should have booked him. I mean, it, it would have been the first garage artist that we'd booked. So and that was my hesitation, I, my lad. It was because he was mainly a garage artist. And I just... De- I mean, when Dave plays garage, he plays ridiculously good filthy nice stuff and i just i don't know i was too hesitant and i should have gone with dave he told me so he absolutely told me so yeah well i i think i think what makes always made him so popular is the fact that he's made silly remixes he's yeah made bootlegs which again ghetto funk was founded on just silly bootlegs it's songs people know but they're slightly different and it brings people in and even if you don't like garage don't like breaks it's something that you have a connection with yeah and it might put you onto a genre that you you actually quite like yeah true also true. his stuff is pretty heavy as well which I think helps yeah it's pretty filthy. it's good festival music yeah i think that is a good way to put it good festival music so yeah his yeah his trajectory has been mad he's popped off at like Every festival that I've seen, just some of the clips are just insane, like absolutely insane. Speaking of festivals, where have you been this year? What's your favourite? So it's been a fairly quiet year. I did, I've done two. I went to, so I went to Shindig, Shindig Festival down uh, Somerset Way. I've been all of them but the first one. Yeah. Um, it is run by the label ghetto funk it is and it's also the reason dave's never been to one of my birthday parties unless i have my birthday party at shindig yeah and i've celebrated your birthday at shindig (laughs) um i always go always um primarily now because of father funk's church of love it just gets the best acts a lot of them 
through doing digitized and through going to Shindig and going to those kind of events, I kind of know now as well, which um, helps. So you just turn up and it's just one big family. The same people go every year. It is their 10th anniversary next year. I do have my ticket. So sorry, Dom, not going to be at your birthday. <laughs> once again, once again, blown um, off. But it, but it has changed and you can see that they'd struggled this year selling yeah. tickets. And I think a lot of festivals have struggled as well. Um, so I think they started selling day tickets, which they never done, to try and get extra people through the door. I think they're downsizing next year as well. I, so, think, I think it's so hard at the minute. And that's another big difference pre and post COVID. Just people, if you're going to an event, just buy a ticket. Yeah. Just buy a ticket, please. Like you do not understand the stress promoters go through. Um, I think our last event, we sold 70% of the tickets on the day or something stupid. It is mental. It is mental. It's stress we don't need. And stress every promoter doesn't need. Yeah. If you, if you know you're going, get yourself a ticket. Quite excellent advice. Excellent advice. So speaking of your DJing. Yes. What, what, Shindig, Church of Love, is that the dream gig? I think it would be a, a great gig. A great gig, not the dream gig. I, my dream gig would probably be Treehouse Stage at Noisley Festival, which is the other one that I went to this year. Yeah, you do love Noisley. I do, I do. I, through the years, I've managed to get friends to come. Some have really loved it. Some have not enjoyed it as much as I would have hoped. But, but yeah, it's one that I had seen for a while and I'd never been. I didn't know anyone that had been. Um, so I think it was 20, 2015. I just thought, why not? I'm just going to buy a ticket. If people I know want to go, brilliant. If not, I'll just go on my own. Um, there was one person that, that was there for kind of half the weekend. But other than that, I went on my own. And the reason was for, for Glitch Hop. Yeah. Big fan of Glitch Hop, which again is a genre that has pretty much died. People make glitch hop under mid tempo, or you've got, guess the glitch hop that's more the psychedelic side, which kind of sits with like Tipper and that kind of stuff. But it's it's not a genre that's big, it's not, not anymore. I did see that Vorso released an album last week. We're we're recording this at the start of September, so if if this is horrendously outdated by the time this goes live, uh, that's why. But yeah, I saw he released a. Uh, album full album full album i will check that out today because <laughs> also is one of my favorites that's incredible why, producer that's why i uh, super tight production really interesting sound design and yeah it makes great mid-tempo makes great drum and bass so yeah it's uninspected i'm not sure which label it was but i just saw it came out yeah i'll check that out but yeah noisily so yeah, initially went to Treehouse because of the, the Glitch Hop lineup. It was pretty much the only festival in the country that was playing that kind of Glitch Hop that I could find. Um, so yeah, just bit the bullet, bought a ticket. It's in the woods. They put so much effort into the stages and into the, um, the decor. Pretty intimate, fairly small uh, capacity. And it was just a beautiful festival. It's essentially three stages or was founded with three stages. You've got one that plays bass, 
breaks uh, glitch hop, a lot of drummer bass these days, which is the treehouse. You have the noisy stage and you have the liquid stage, which play. One of them plays techno, one of them plays psytrance. As soon as you mention psytrance, it puts people off. But That's me. I'm put off by psytrance. I think I, think I spent 20 minutes at the psytrance stage Did all you? weekend this year because the treehouse stage lineup for me was just incredibly good. I have seen some of their lineups and they, they do get the diversity and like, <laughs> you know, we talk about lineups an awful lot. You know, we passionately discuss it because it does mean a lot to us. And yeah, th- th- I think they come from a similar ethos as us that it, the night has to build, the day has to build. You, you know, as much as I love drum and bass, if you start with drum and bass, there's nowhere to go. <laughs> Literally nowhere. Uh, and for me, drum and bass is a crescendo. It's, it's the pinnacle. But it doesn't mean other things aren't great. It is. And it's, it's such a varied stage as well. I mean, it will start with almost like down, down tempo, sort of psychedelic, um, like almost like trip hoppy stuff. It'll build up. You'll have, I mean, they had mouse outfit there, mouse outfit sound system this year. Yeah. Um, so lots of hip hop, bit of trap, some sort of live uh, MCs as well, which they don't have too much of, mainly just sound systems. Um, all the way up to, I mean, Multiply played, which is Control Z, Specimen A which was incredible. You've got people playing Bass House. There was lots of Garage there. So Oppidan played, MPH. And then you get up to uh, the drum and bass. But also you've got lots of uh, what I call uh, kind of mid-tempo bassy boppers. Kind of <laughs> very heavy. Quack hip. tactics. Mid, what was it? Mid-tempo. Bassy boppers. Mid-tempo bassy boppers. I don't know what you call a lot of it. It's almost like hip-hop inspired kind of bass music so you've got klo lone drum make a lot of that kind of stuff um but yeah you lose people when you start going into all these specific genres so bassy boppers kind of low tempo kind of hip-hop 70 80 85 bpm um but just slaps on a big sound system but yeah it's, it's a great festival i would recommend it to everybody if you've never been yeah so noisily Treehouse stage is the dream gig. I think in this country, yeah. Okay. So what is the best gig so far then? It, it depends. I guess there's two parts to that. The best set that I've ever played and the best kind of event that I've played. Um, I would say the best gig I've ever played was probably, and this is probably going to surprise you, but the, the, the funnest one that I had yeah. was in the downstairs of Tribeca. Okay. Okay. I don't know what... Everything just aligned, I think, just felt great that day, and I had such a fun set. Yeah. It was a small, intimate gig that we did in the basement of the venue where uh, we booked freestylers. We were just testing out the sound system, testing out the venue. And yeah, we just wanted to put something on because we... We didn't want to have to wait for freestylers gig. And that was the first so one back fun. from COVID. I think it probably was. It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think maybe that had something to do with it. That I was such a think it probably lovely did. gig there. Such a lovely gig. And a weird space, but it, it, did, it did work for kind of DJ gigs. It, it was all right down there. It did. It did. Yeah, and I think it goes to show that it doesn't have to be the biggest stage at the biggest festival that can be like your favorite gig or, or whatever it, it can just be those ones where 
everything just aligns and you just have a great time. Yeah. And I think it was possibly because, partly because um, it was the end of COVID, but it was a lot of people that we knew and everyone was just going for it. I think people just needed a dance at, the, at that point. I think they did. I, I think they did. And we provided a service and people loved it. So there we go. I'd love to do more free events, but it, it just costs, well, I mean, it does cost a bit of money, but I, I just think I've run out of favours with people. Um, we've been very favour relying for quite a while and yeah, it, it's a shame. But I think after the hiatus, we'll see where we're at. Because it's so much easier not having to worry about tickets as well. That's, that's the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I enjoyed the, the free ones. I think we've done three or four of those now. Five? Is it if five? you count Lucky Stripe. Oh, the Lucky Stripe one, yeah. Rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the fact that there's no stress in tickets just really helps it really does really does the lucky stripe gig that was great i mean they gave us a bit of money towards the lineup um so yeah and it was the first one we had at rebellion yeah really good at rebellion. Good space love for rebellion love what they're doing with that venue if you're in manchester and there's a gig on it rebellion just go and see it so good so good there they're, they're doing so much good work talked about your best gig i'm gonna ask Everyone, because I think people need to talk about it a bit more. What is the worst gig you've had? The worst gig? Um, well, I remember the first time I played, I did say that it went without a technical hitch, but there was one point that welled on me for quite a while afterwards, which I don't think anyone noticed, which they never really do, but um, I, I, I'd recently, recently replaced the... A wire on my headphones. Right. I couldn't find a straight one, so it was a coiled yeah. wire. And I was dancing around as I do, just being being silly behind the decks. And as it's essentially just a spring attached to my headphones, it bounced up, slapped down, straight on the, the play button, stopped the music completely. At least which, it wasn't the cue button, though. That's true. That's true. Yeah, which... But it's just, that was the, the first one I'd done for Digitize. And yeah, your worst nightmare, isn't it? Just the music stopping. Yeah. Mid-mix. So that was fun. But I mean, it's, it's how, you, how you recover from those, isn't it? And, yeah. Um, initially, I had no idea what had happened. <laughs> because I hadn't pressed any buttons, but the music stopped. So I was a bit, uh, a bit confused by that. But yeah, you just, you just carry on. And like I said... Most people don't notice, especially later on in the night when they've had a few drinks. Most I don't think anyone don't noticed. noticed. I, I'm trying to rack my brains for this moment, but I do not recall it. So I think, I think you've got away with that. I think I have until, so, well, I've just told everyone now. So. Well, you have, yeah. <laughs> so we're never booking Quack Tactics again. So if you would like to be a part of Digitize and uh, be a resident DJ, take your applications now. <laughs> I got away with it for four and a half years. Yeah, so. it's not bad. I, um, I literally did that the other weekend in Bristol. I pressed Q on the wrong deck and everything went very silent. And that was really bad. Yeah. And it was just as we were about to drop gold dust. And then it was a Fox Stevenson one with a really long build up again. And I hadn't got a hot cue in the right place. And it was very stressful. Yeah. 
make sure you've got hot cues just for that, yeah. that moment. <laughs> yeah. So you are on the podcast as our very first guest. Mm-hmm. The next stage of the podcast that people have hopefully not turned off is going to be a guest mix by you. It is, yeah. What can people expect to hear in your mix? So anybody who's ever seen me play will probably know that I tend not to play the same stuff twice. I get quite bored when it comes to music, genres. Um, I'm always trying to find something new, trying to explore and expand my horizons. So I've done mixed all sorts from glitch hop, breaks, garage, bassline, um, mixed almost like hip hop, trip hop stuff. So th- there's a lot that I could do. And I try to surprise people. I try to keep people guessing a little bit. But what I've been into at the moment is Lost of Garage, UKG, obviously huge at the moment. Um, lots of 130 breaks still. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my, uh, my love for 130 Spanish breaks. I do, yeah. It's just silly, isn't it? It is just silly. Um, and I've got very into neuro breaks recently. Okay. So a lot of people who probably have never heard of neuro breaks, I don't know whether the, the term is officially established. Yeah. Um, but there's a couple of artists that are pushing it at the moment. One of them is Pluvio, part of Symbiotic Records, who is smashing it at the moment. They're a great label. Uh, Akov is one of the founders, I think Scream Arts as well. Okay. Um, so make a lot of like neurofunk, neurodrum bass, but Pluvio in particular is kind of trying to push the neurobreak sounds and, and get it so that it's a more w- widely known genre. Um, so he's doing a lot. Um, there's the Polish duo Tesseract, who are putting out some great tunes at the moment. They did a remix of Rick Astley in <laughs> Neurobreak style, which Father Funk played. Are we going to hear this remix? At the Shambhala. Are we going to hear the Shambhala set? Um, you may. You may. We may. I'm not going to confirm it. A little teaser. Keep there. you guessing. Keep us guessing. Um, but yeah, I was very happy to see Father Funk play some Neurobreaks at Shambhala. Um, but so yeah, I'm gonna play probably garage breaks and finish off with some some nice heavy neuro breaks, uh, which I've never played before in one of my sets. So um, yeah, it, it's it's a great genre. If you like Prodigy, it will feel very rem- reminiscent of kind of the sound that they've pioneered. So I'm excited for this mix. I am. Yeah. I'm genuinely excited. I mean, I love it when you DJ anyway. So. Yeah, I'm really, really excited to hear this. I got two final questions for you. First okay. one, can you give me a question for the next guest? Am I allowed to know who the next guest is? Okay, what's the best item you've received as part of your rider? Ooh, that is a good one, because that man has a very silly rider if he is the next guest, which he should be, but uh, logistics sometimes don't let that work out. So perfect. Thank you very much. And then I'm going to finish all the chats with this question. So for me, in the drum and bass world, there is one tune that rules them all that is still heard at most raves, 
through the night at one point or another. It's been bootlegged, it's been remixed, it's been everything. But what is your favourite memory with Mr. Happy? That, that's an easy one. <laughs> it's at Swing and Bass. Yeah. It was a, a DJ battle between Wobble and Father Funk. Love it. And I don't think either of them had prepared anything, to be honest. I think it was split <laughs> into three rounds. They had five minutes each in each round. Um, and they got halfway through, and I think they just went, we're friends, what are we doing? We've not planned anything. Just go stupid. It was probably Wobble, knowing him, that played <laughs> the first one. But he played a remix of Mr. Happy that yeah. he had. And Bubba Funk coincidentally has a large folder of silly uh, Mr. Happy remixes that he played one and they just back and forth. I think I heard probably 10 to 15 stupid remixes of Mr. Happy. <laughs> and it was incredible. It's an incredible song. Long live Mr. Happy. I hate it, but I just love it. I don't know. For me, there is not many tunes. Like, I still play Mr. Happy whenever I get the chance. Because every time it gets the biggest reaction of my entire set. Yeah, I, I, I go to a drum and bass night hoping I don't hear it. And then if I don't hear it, I'm a bit disappointed. That is Mr. Happy in yeah. a nutshell. And what a time to leave the interview, chat, whatever we're calling these. So stay tuned. The next sound you will hear will be Mr. Quack Tactics in the mix for us. Enjoy, and we will be back in two weeks, so we'll see you then. Thanks for listening to this show. We have new episodes airing every two weeks. If you want to listen to the guest mix Dave has just been speaking about, it's now time to head over to our mix cloud. Check the description for a link.